Welcome to the Whole Life Healing Podcast with Dr. Alexander Lloyd, best-selling author and founder of the Revolutionary Healing Codes Technique. Each week, Dr. Alex shares principles and methods from psychology, energy medicine, natural medicine, and spirituality to help you reduce stress, heal emotional and physical issues, and remove the barriers that hold you back from happiness and success. Join us as we learn to live our happiest, healthiest, and most successful lives. Here's Dr. Alex. Hi, Dr. Alex here. If you like the show today or any day, I would love it if you took about 10 seconds to go to iTunes and leave a review for the show. I've been doing this for about 14 years now, and I spend hundreds of hours every year in preparation and recording the show. And if you like it, if it's worth your time, if you think it might benefit others, I would love it if you could leave a review to recommend to your friends or just recommend it to your friends that could benefit from listening to the show. Thank you so very much. Since we are going to be talking about issues of health and well-being, we wanted to make sure that you understand that this information is not intended to cure or heal anything. Everything in the presentations is the opinion of Alex Lloyd. You should always check with a licensed healthcare provider about any specific health concern you may have. Hi, I'm Dr. Alex Lloyd and welcome to the new Jesus. A uh, couple of things. One is, um, no, I'm not trying to make any new um, fashion or style statement with my uh, facial hair. Um, I, I cut it a little bit different. Uh, Hope, my wife, has always liked me in a goatee. And I've never really liked that very much, but I've done it for her. And I figured out the reason I didn't like it is because these hairs right where, you know, right in between, you know, upper lip and lower lip, hairs would stick me all during the day and hurt a little bit and distract me. So um, I cut the hairs away from there so they can't do that, but uh, still hopefully Hope will like it. But... Um, did uh, some of you may have noticed I'm not uh, trying to make any sort of uh, statement or anything. And secondly, and I really apologize for this, um, I should have been starting every one of these with prayer and um, didn't. I, I, I don't know why. But anyway, let's start with prayer. Uh, dear Father, thank you so much for life, for beauty, for healing, for being all-powerful and all-loving at the same time. Uh, man, what a comfort that is. Father, please uh, lead and guide me through your Spirit, what I say today, uh, what I should not say, etc. And um, if there's anything I am doing wrong uh, please make that clear and help me to stop doing that. Um, and please uh, open people's hearts and, and may they receive this information with an open heart and mind, but not just agreeing with me, but as a starting place and then going on and proving it or disproving it for themselves. And I know, Father, that there's people wa that'll watch this that are in pain, physically or non-physically. 
and I ask that you ease their pain or I ask that you use that pain to take them up to the next higher level in their life or teach them something that they need to know or something. Uh, but give them comfort uh, in that pain and lead them out of it and, and help them to see your hand, to take your hand to walk out of it. Uh, in Jesus' name, amen. All right. Um, we're going to start reviewing uh, from last week, which we've done every week, but I'm going to do a little bit more this week because I've heard from several people who said, who have told me, I'm having to listen to this like two or three times to kind of get it and wrap my head around it. And I've heard that before. So um, I want to be sure that you get it. That's, that's the whole point of this. So, um, and, and I'm dyslexic, ADD, ADHD, so my normal is all over the place, okay? And I apologize for that. Um, but let's review a little bit uh, from last week and the previous weeks. We started, Jesus comes on the scene, says, I'm here to shake things up, says, Happiness is this. Happiness, happiness, these, blessed be the merciful. Blessed be those who mourn. And the word blessed really means happy. So happy are those who mourn. Wait a minute. How does that make sense? And then he goes on. Happy, 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 happy. And some of them make sense, but some of them don't. And then he says, I'm here to shake things up. The old law says this, but I'm saying now I'm going even further and saying, if you even become angry with someone in your mind, you are guilty of murder against that person. And a couple of other things where he, he, he makes an example of, here's what you have known until now. I'm telling you from now on, it's going to be this. And then he ends with, be perfect. Yeah, good luck with that. All right. Uh, the second one, we're built for relationships, to prioritize relationships and love in our life. And we work correctly, mind, body, health, when we live that way. When we prioritize, seek pleasure, avoid pain, and what's in it for me, we start to malfunction, break at our weakest link, and then break again and again and again. And before you know it, we're in pain physically, we're in pain non-physically, uh, we're miserable, and we don't know why. Well, you're on the wrong road. You're on the road to miserable. Is that the road you wanted? Uh, okay, because that's the only place that road goes. All right? So if you want something other than miserable, you're on the wrong road. Uh, our third time together. We're also built and have the software running 24-7 for seek pleasure and avoid pain. Both. Why? Because the whole purpose of all of this is love. And love requires a choice. If I have no choice but to love, if God made me so that I can't do anything but love, I've just eliminated love. I've just eliminated the possibility of love. Because I don't have any choice. Love requires a choice. So the choice is selfishness. Seek pleasure. Avoid pain. I'm not saying paying attention to yourself is always selfish. No. I've heard the thing, you can't love someone till you love yourself. There's a lot of truth in that. There may not be ultimate truth in that. 
But there's a lot of truth in that. Okay, so we're also built for the low road. Our fourth session is was this, the guy at the crossing the roads, which is you, which is me. Every single day when you get up in the morning, every evening when you lay your head on the pillow, and probably 20 or 30 times during the day, you have an opportunity to take one or the other. But very often you can't take both. It's either one or the other. Now, you can take the low road and then halfway through the day go up to the high or, or vice versa, and we all do that, but that's not really where we're meant to live. And then last week, which is what this board is, I've left this board exactly the way it was from last week. Um, the choice that we really have is not the choice between high road and low road. It's the choice between a true belief in integrity, making the choice to find and then live by a true belief. Okay? So if the low road is what is true and the best way for me to live, I'm gonna find that and I'm gonna choose to live that way. If love and prioritizing relationships is the best way for me to live, then I'm going to find that in my search and I'm going to choose that as best I can. Okay? Um, here's where we ended last week. Uh, I promised that this week I was going to show you how to do it. How to choose the right belief and how to know who and where you are. I actually might wait till next week for who and where you are, but this week we'll for sure get to how to do it. Okay? And then um, uh, we started last week with, you know, here's the deal, but, uh, and all of us want the high road. We all want love, joy, peace internally, great relationships, health, success at whatever I do as my career, work, or thing in life. We all want that, alright? Problem is, there's a 97% failure rate in changing from here to here, going back like 75 years. There's a 99% relapse rate in trying to go from here to here. 99% of the time, people end up going back. And then, my uh, friend in the FBI who said the two things he had learned, everyone lies and people don't change. And nine out of ten people are on the low road, not the high road. And that's scriptural too, right? Okay? Narrow is the way that leads to life. Broad is the way that leads to destruction. So I really should have drawn these with this one really skinny and this one really wide because this is where 9 out of 10 people are. Even people that go to church, even people who call themselves believers. In, in fact, in my, my experience, sometimes believers are way more here than some other people. Okay? Uh, they are just totally absorbed and seek pleasure and avoid pain. And churches become a country club or a game to them. And they have just fallen in line um, behind what one uh, world-renowned researcher calls pagan Christianity, 
practicing what comes down, not from here or the Jerusalem church, but from the Roman Catholic Church, the Inquisition, and all those man-made rules um, to keep. So believers sometimes are way, way more there than, than anyone sometimes. Um, the whole point... Uh, oh, uh, but, but, reviewing still, it is possible, okay? This living here is possible, okay? And I believe you can live here as a believer or you can be on this road as a non-believer but you're still dedicated to love and you're still dedicated to truth. And it may be because you've never really had the gospel presented to you in a way that you understood it and it pricked you in your heart. You, uh, the evil one has always stolen it away before you understood it. Okay? Um, so, it is possible. Uh, Harvard, um, the Grant study, biggest study in the, uh, on the human condition ever, the uh, result, happiness equals love, full stop, end of statement, don't need to discuss anything else, that's it. That's the human condition. You want to be happy, which is the number one thing everybody says they want in polls going back 200 years. Happiness equals love. You want love? That's where happiness comes from. And, and nowhere else long term. Okay? Yeah, sure. You get a new car for your 16th birthday or your 60th birthday. And yeah, you're excited. You're happy. You're for a day, a week, a month, but then you go right back to seek pleasure and avoid pain, realizing, ah, that new car didn't really do enough for me. I still feel like something's lacking and I'm not living my best life. Well, that's because you're trying to do it here. And if you just get up here, it'll happen without you even having to have the new car. Alright? The new car is only a temporary Substitute. I call them love substitutes. All right. Uh, also from Harvard, Dr. Dan Gilbert, best-selling book, Stumbling into Happiness. Expectations are a happiness killer. Okay? So when we have a goal of something we want, typically in our physical or external circumstances, either right now or in the future, it puts you in stress if you weren't in stress, it spikes your stress if you already were. Alright? So, uh, the first Harvard study, happiness equals love. The second one, expectations kill happiness, which means they kill love. Why? Because they put you into stress. What's the other name for the stress response? The fear response. What's the big deal about that? Love is the absence of fear. Fear is the absence of love. Where there's perfect love, there is no fear. Alright? So, um, expectations create fear that the end result might not happen. Or stress and tension that I've got to make it happen. Even if I don't completely have all the resources to do that. Okay? And it's, which puts me into tension and stress. I'm trying to control something that's not completely controllable. 
by me. I could fall over dead my next breath. I could walk out and get hit by a truck today. I'm not in control of what happens tomorrow or even 10 minutes from now. In reality, okay, when I try to live like I am and forcing results, it puts me into stress and tension. And then Dr. Bruce Lipton from Stanford Medical School says that the happiness, love, expectations, all of that boil down to your beliefs. And if you have a high road belief, you'll be on the high road. If you'll be on the low road, if you have a low road belief about that thing, you'll be on the low road. If you have a high road and a low road belief about the same thing, then it depends on which one is bigger or which one you focus on for longer until you get caught in the quicksand. If it's on the low road and you can't get out anymore, we talked about that last week, okay? Um, so, your belief is 100% of the issue. And your belief is the reason that these things don't change. And belief is the reason they can change if we do it God's way. And if we do it the way our body, mind, and spirit are built. Okay? Um, the whole point is that we have to escape the law. Because God even says the purpose of the law was so that sin would increase. So until we escape the law, we can never be free. We can never walk down this road. Okay? Because if we keep reverting to law in order to get what I want and not get what I don't want, which means my willpower, my ability to do things and change them and stuff like that, It'll never work. The law will always win because the law causes sin to increase. And, I'm, and, and as a believer, I'm wanting sin to decrease, right? Okay? Yeah, of course. Well, if I'm committed to law, there's no way that's going to happen because the law was engineered by God, built by God to make sin increase, not decrease. So the more law, the more sin. Now, if I can escape from the law, then I have a chance to live free from sin and free from the negative effects of sin. But I have to escape the law. The whole point was never guilt or innocence from sin. That was never the point. The whole point was what are you going to believe when confronted with conflicting beliefs? Which one are you going to choose? Are you going to choose the pleasure, pain belief? To go steal the candy bar? To tell the lie? To say the unkind thing? To not, not let the guy into traffic? Whatever that is at that particular moment in your day? Or are you going to choose the belief that is love-based every day and 20 to 30 new times every day. And then where we ended, you need to do belief and love like brushing your teeth. Not just saying, well, okay, I believe what I believe, and yeah, I want love, but you can't just, you know, 
start the morning and go get love like a pill or a cup of coffee or something, okay? I believe you can. I believe you absolutely can do that. So belief and love need to start becoming like brushing your teeth, only you're not brushing your teeth after each meal, you're brushing your teeth like every 30 minutes or so, okay? Now, that's probably a bad analogy because that might hurt your teeth to brush them that much, but not, not true beliefs and love. They keep getting better and better and better. Okay, so all of that was review from the very first New Jesus to the most recent. So let's take the next step. Now there's going to be, there's going to be some repeat in the next step this week because of the people I've heard from who've said, oh wow, I feel like uh, kind of a coincidence. I'm in deep water here because I do another program called Deep Water. Uh, uh, I'm having to listen two or three or four times to these to really get them, to really understand them. So um, I want to try to make sure you understand this before we move on because it's crucial to everything we will ever talk about. Okay. Whoop. Got to come out from the wall a little further to flip. Sorry about that. Okay. So, this week, you're still here, all right? Every day and 20 or 30 times a day. And the issue that's at the heart of everything is are you going to choose life or death? God said, I've set before you both life and death. Choose life. I uh, trademarked and bought the domain uh, Life or Death about 15 years ago specifically because of this teaching. Uh, This is what it all comes down to for every single person. I've set before you life and death, choose life. Well, that's not a one-time-when-you're-born thing or or a one-time-when-you're-baptized-or-accept-Jesus thing. That's an everyday thing and then 20 or 30 new times every day. Okay? Because every day, emptying the garbage can or not is there. Every day, people I can let into traffic or not. Every day I can be kind to people or not so kind at work. Every day I can do my absolute best at my job not to get a raise because I do my best at everything I do as unto the Lord. Alright? Okay. So here's the road. The issue is life or death. We've still got the same problems and the same possible solutions. Here's the problem. Here's the reason for the 97% failure, the 99% relapse, and why everyone lies and doesn't change. Is that we're trying to do this with willpower based on expectations. That's the reason. That's the reason you're failing. Okay? Uh, Dr. Bruce Lipton says that the odds of trying to change something in your life that you've not been able to change before by your willpower is roughly a million to one shot that you will successfully change it over time. Meaning go against all of these 
you will be the 3% that succeeds here. You'll be the 1% that succeeds here. You'll be the 1% that doesn't lie and really can change. All right? Um, but if you choose to live your day, your relationships, your business, your health, whatever it is, by your willpower, your direction, and with expectations, which means you're prioritizing the end result, not the present moment in love. If you do this, you will fail. If you do what I'm sharing with you and give up trying to do it in your willpower and let God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit and the mechanisms God built into you do it kind of automatically and release expectation to God for the end result. God, I'm working toward this because I believe that's where you want me to go, but it may not be. I may have missed you, or, or we may get halfway there, and I may decide, hey, that's not what I really want to do anymore at all. I want to do this now, so I turn and go. Um, one thing I always try to bring up in regard to this discussion is... I've had the wonderful privilege for the last, oh, 20 years to travel and lecture and teach all over the world. Never thought I would be able to do that in a million years. Every major city in Europe, Asia, all around the U.S., uh, lately on Zoom and stuff like that, but until lately they were almost all in person, okay? And um, whenever I did that, at some point in the day, I would ask people, hey, raise your hand if this has ever happened to you, where you thought something was horrible and terrible that happened, but then, years later, looking back, you realized it was actually good, or good had come out of it. Or, have you thought something was really good at the time, but then, later looking back, you realize, ah, it really wasn't so good. It, it, it didn't do what I was hoping it would do. Well, every time I've ever asked that, everyone in the room has raised their hand except for two people at different events. Two people total out of, I know, hundred thousands, maybe, maybe over a million that I've taught in person. Okay, But outside of those two, everyone raised their hand. And most people would say, oh, I've had a bunch of those. And, and, and I've had several in my life too. What's the point? point is, you don't know at the time what is best for you necessarily. That's not going to show itself sometimes for years and years in the future. And very often when that happens, things that look great now look like not the best thing then, and things that look terrible now look like an action, one of the best turning points in my life. Okay? That's why you give up the end result to God. He's the only one that knows what's absolutely best for you. You don't. But you do know to focus in the present, in love, giving God the end result, that is where you can focus and be 
correct 100% of the time. And praying, asking for guidance, asking for leading from the Holy Spirit, that's all part of that. All right. But here's the reason for the, fa for, for the problem is trying to do it through your willpower and expectation. So are you doing that now? Are you trying to make your life happen, make your day happen, make your chores, make your work, make your whatever it is happen through your own willpower and strength of action and by trying to ensure certain results and prevent certain other results. Again, through your willpower. Okay? If you are, almost guaranteed you're on this road. Okay? But, not only to God, but science and research says, but it can change. You can go from here to here. And we've even studied it and measured it, etc. Um, to me, the, the key is the parable of the sower. And, 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 and here's the solution. The solution is that you create a new inward state, meaning your heart. Okay? Already shared uh, that new research has said the capacity of your brain and mind is roughly 10 times what they had previously thought it to be to one quadrillion bits, which is the capacity of the entire internet. Enormous capacity. Miraculous potential and capacity from the way God built you. Alright? So the solution is a new inward state in your heart, your unconscious mind, because that's what's in control. And God says, I want the heart. Alright? A new inward state and a new and new beliefs that are rooted in truth and love and then you will do it automatically. So what you were trying to make happen through your willpower and, and working to ensure expectations or end results, all right, which leads to stress, anxiety, failure, low road, if you create a new inward state, a, a healed inward state, true beliefs, okay, then it starts to happen automatically. Um, I want to tell you about a couple of clients. Um, one uh, lady came to me, this was probably 15 years ago, and um, it, I've never had another phone call like this in my life. I answered the phone and, and she was very gruff which doesn't sound right for a woman, but she was. Uh, and here's what she said. Hi, my name is so-and-so, and I don't want to be talking to you. <laughs> Never had a phone call like that. Uh, so I said, oh, okay, well, uh, thank you for telling me that. What can I do for you? She said, I promised my best friend that I would talk to you before ending my life. And that's why I'm calling. And of course my attitude totally 180'd. 
And I said, oh, I'm so sorry. What, what is, how can I help? What is going on? And she started telling me, okay, for three years I've been addicted to drugs and alcohol. For three years I've been in counseling and therapy, but it hadn't done anything but make me more angry. For three years I've been estranged from my husband and my children. For three years, uh, over the last three years, I've lost uh, weight down to like 90 pounds uh, skin and bones weight, uh, etc. And um, I said, okay, I'm, I'm so sorry, uh, but what happened three years ago? Okay? And I mean, she rattled them off. She didn't have to think for one second. It's like she had a piece of paper in her back pocket that she carried everywhere. And she just pulled that thing out and started reading. She said, I feel like a piece of meat, not a person. I feel like I'm never safe, even if I'm in the middle of a police station. I feel like I'm dirty in a way that soap cannot wash off. I feel like I am unclean in a way that no man would ever desire me again. I feel like um, my life is over and it's horrible and I don't have any chance for that to turn around. Um, and, and, and she went on and on. And um, so I thanked her. Thank you so much for sharing that. What happened three years ago? And she said I was raped in my own home as an adult. She was there alone. Someone came in to uh, burglarize and she was brutally, savagely raped. And um, I said, I'm so sorry and I'll be happy to try to help you. So uh, I gave her some things to do and never in a million years thought that she would do them, okay? Uh, but I gave her some things to do. Uh, I told her, do not think about the rape. You don't ever need to think about that. Just do these things I've told you to do. Don't think about it. But if something changes with the memory of the rape, I think you'll know it. And if that happens, call me back immediately when something changes with the memory of the rape. So um, we hung up. I didn't really expect to hear from her. One week later, she calls and, um, hey, Dr. Lloyd, I just wanted to call back. Thank you for giving me some of your time. I've been doing the process, which I was surprised at, and I haven't felt any change. So thanks a lot. And, I'm, and I begged her, begged her, to give it more time. She said she would. Hung up the phone. Another week goes by. Phone rings. Hey, Dr. Lloyd, it's me again. Uh, I've been doing it for two weeks now. Nothing has changed, and, and I knew nothing would change, so thanks for your time, and I begged her to give it more time. I believe it was three days later, the phone rings, I pick it up, 
And here's what I hear. I mean, she was gasping for air, weeping, if you know what I mean. And I knew it was her. And I said, take your time, take your time, no problem. Uh, after a while, she calmed down enough to say, it changed, it changed, it changed. And she was still weeping and gasping for air. Um, and I said, I think what you're trying to tell me is that your memory of the rape changed. Is that correct? And she was calming down more and more. And she said, yes, it changed. She said, I was doing the process you gave me to do, literally cursing you out while I was doing it. She was cursing me out while she was doing the process I gave her. Um, and she said, all of a sudden, she, I was not thinking about the rape, and all of a sudden, the memory of the rape was like right up in my face, like 365 degrees surround sound, and I could not look away. And she said, Dr. Lloyd, I looked in the eyes of the man that raped me and for the first time felt pity and compassion and forgiveness. And the thought went through my head, what in the world must have happened to that man to cause him so much pain that he could do something like that. And she said, I felt all of it leave me. The hatred, the unforgiveness, the anger, the, the depression, the identity and worth uh, junk, the dirtiness. The, she said, I felt it leave me. And it's gone. Um, within three weeks, she was completely off all alcohol, drugs, medications, never had the first bit of withdrawal, which the doctor said was not possible. She reconciled with her family. She gained weight. She, um, and we never even really addressed the rape. All she did were the mechanical processes I gave her to do. But once that memory had changed, she was no longer trying to succeed. It was automatic now. It was automatic. When the beliefs change internally, then doing what you need to do, walking toward desires that you have in your life that you feel like are things God would like you to do, they start to happen automatically. It's not that your willpower is stronger. It's not that you're better able to control circumstances. It's that you have been changed internally. 
And now there is a new inward state and a new default memory or memories or beliefs about whatever those issues are. And now you behave, think, feel in a completely different way and not because you're trying to. It just happens automatically now. Okay? That's the difference. And I, ho I hope you're sensing that. One other client example. Um, I had another lady call me from uh, Manhattan. And she said, my name is so-and-so and I don't have a health issue. Mine is more career, success, things like that. And she said, um, I have 180 IQ, graduated with honors from an Ivy League school, top of my class, advanced degrees from an Ivy League school. She said, I work on Wall Street now and articles have literally been written in trade publications and they've talked about it at trade conferences that I would be the next mover and shaker on Wall Street and in world financial markets because my mind just works that way. That 180 IQ is, is kind of a savant toward financial things that just fits perfectly with the market. But she said, for years now, every time I'm about to make a breakthrough, I do something stupid. I sabotage myself. She said, it's almost like I don't even want to succeed because I keep doing this dumb stuff that sabotages my own career and success, but I can't seem to stop. She said, I've done counseling, I've done therapy, I've done medications, I've done corporate training programs, I've done analysis, I've, I, I've done everything but I can't change it and it keeps happening and it's ruining my life. Okay, well, what we found is that she had a belief, uh, a belief that was from a memory when she was five years old. And here's what it was. Uh, when she was five years old at lunchtime on a summer day in the Midwest, her mom gave her sister a popsicle and would not give my client a popsicle at five years old. And what the mom said to my client at five years old was something like this. Honey, your sister's already had a good lunch. When you have a good lunch, you can have a popsicle too. I'm laughing because I promise you no psychologist, no psychiatrist, no social worker, no good minister, no good coach would see a problem in someone and when they found that memory say, ah, we found it. This is the one that's been ruining her life. When her mom said, in a good tone of voice, good body language, everything. Honey, when you have a good lunch, you can have a popsicle. No way, man! There is no class in professional working with people that says, yeah, you got to find those memories where the mom is kind, doesn't do anything wrong, and that's what totally messes up the person's life. I've never heard that. 
Ne never heard it in graduate school. Uh, never have heard it in conferences. Haven't read it. Okay? But it's absolutely the truth because those first number of years you're in delta theta brainwave state which means you do not have the ability to logic the way adults do. So here's what happened to that client of mine I internally in her heart and in her beliefs. If my mom gives my sister a popsicle and won't give me one, it must mean my mom loves my sister more than me. There's the big one. If my mom loves my sister more than me, then there must be something wrong with me. If there's something wrong with me, then when I get out in the world, I'm going to fail because something's wrong with me. I'm defective. Defective people don't rise to the top. Okay? So I'm going to fail. And if people say they love me, they will be lying. Because if anyone ever should have loved me, it should have been my mom and she didn't. Now, were those beliefs true? No, not a one of them was true. They were all lies. But the, but the latest research says that about 50% of all of our memories for every person are untrue or a lie. So is this unusual? No, it happens to everyone all the time until you fix it, until you allow God to heal it. Okay? Um, but in both of those situations, uh, so I, I gave her the process for that five-year-old memory. She did it, called me back, um, the memory was healed, which reconciled her and her mom, which also led to a great relationship with a wonderful young man. And yes, in the next six months, she went through the roof, as had always been predicted, now with nothing holding her back. And it was not because she was trying harder with her willpower or because she was able to control end results better than she... No, it wasn't any of that. It was a new inward state and a new belief. And then all the changes, different thoughts, different feelings, different physiology in her body, less stress and all, was automatic. And I believe it can be for you too. Okay, let's, let's go a little deeper. So, if you're sitting there thinking, okay, I want to try the high road. I want to create a new inward state. I want truthful, love-based beliefs rather than uh, lies, untruthful, based in fear beliefs. Okay? Alright? To me, here's the process. Number one, you decide to change or if nothing's really bothering you that much, you decide, I want to go to the next higher level in my life. And I would always be doing that. Uh, and, and then once you get to the new higher level, then let's go to the next one. Okay? So decide to change. Set off on your journey. And, and I have a picture here of The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings, you know, where uh, Frodo 
and Gandalf start out on their journey. And Frodo, man, this goes against every ounce of of uh, his belief system to, to be this adventurous and leave home and all this uncertainty and not being able to have six meals a day and all that stuff. But he, he goes anyway, all right? That's okay. You may have to do it afraid sometimes, but do it afraid rather than not doing it. Um, number three, find the whole truth about a particular issue. Now, this may take a day, it may take 20 minutes on the internet, or it may take a year, depending on what it is, okay? But you have to find the whole truth, okay? So take anything in your life. Well, well, no, I'll come back to that one. I'll come back to that one about practical how to do it starting this week, okay? Uh, remind me to do that. That's crazy, right? You, you can't talk to me. Okay, find the whole truth. Number four, once you've found the whole truth, not just the easy-to-find truth, but you're convinced. I've really done my due diligence. I think I've, I do. I have the whole truth. Once you've found that, meditate and pray over it. Don't come to any conclusions yet. Just every day, meditate and pray over that whole truth and ask that you believe God's truth in love, not Satan's lies in fear, okay, about whatever this issue is for the rest of your life. And please heal the memories like the five-year-old uh, popsicle memory with my client, like the rape memory with my other client. Please heal those memories that are the source of the beliefs. A belief is multiple memories, typically, and that's what we're looking for. The whole truth, and then meditate and pray over it until, number five, you discover yourself believing. Do not make believing into a work, okay? Okay, I've got 27 different truths about this issue in my life. All right. Let me use my intellect and go through here and, and find the whole new love-based truth. No, I really wouldn't recommend doing that. I would just daily pray and meditate over all of them, and including any more. If you discover a couple of others, a week later, or two months later, or the next day, or whatever. Add those two, and just keep meditating and praying over them until you discover yourself believing. Not willpower, the opposite of willpower. I gave this all up to God. I'm just praying and meditating over it. Father, Holy Spirit, lead me to the truth about this. Okay, and you'll experience it as an aha. Okay, um, you, the most common reaction is either this, Oh, I see it now. That's one. The second most common response, Oh, I got it. I understand. I understand now. I got it. All right? So you'll experience something like that, and when you do, that is discovering yourself 
believing. And I believe love and God are will both work on, on those aspects of truth and your commitment to pray and meditate over them until God the Holy Spirit gives you that aha that is the new truth about this area. All right? Number six, after that happens, you recommit to that new, new belief in truth and focus daily to keep enforcing and increasing that belief and that truth in your life. All right? Like brushing your teeth, except more. Number seven, once you've got that one kind of checked off, continue the journey. No, don't go back home. Continue the journey. Now go to another area that you're struggling and find all of the 38 separate pieces of facts, data, truth about that one and start meditating and praying over that one. Okay? Continue the search. And number eight, you are now... Once you heal enough of those and get enough of the inward state changed and love, joy, peace in the inward state being dominant, once you get to that place, you are now free from the law. And you remember from the... I'll flip it. You remember from last week... I'm going to have to pull out again. Hang on. Remember from last week, you have to escape the law. Why? Because law causes sin to increase. Alright? Well, ah, made it. You're now free from the law. If you've gotten to this place and you're still on your journey and you're still constantly open to new truths and searching like the Proverbs in Pat, like the passage in Proverbs, always be open to new things. In fact, be searching for them. Proverbs. Always. So as long as you're doing that, and okay, we got another one. Let's journey on some more until we find another issue to work on here. All right? Once you get to a certain point in that, you will be free from the law. Which means now there's less pain, less guilt, less negative emotions, less negative thoughts, etc. Because all those things come from the law. All right? At least the old law. All right. Okay. If you... Here's the way it works, okay? If you're living under law, sin, on the low road, the law causes sin to increase. The more We talked about this last week, but I polished it up a little for this week. The more sin, the more guilt, etc. The more guilt, the more pain. The more pain, the more searching, because you're in pain. You want the pain to stop. 
right? Um, and, and be careful when you stop, okay? We don't want you to stop with the Tylenol and Advil or the oxycodone or the liquor, okay? We don't want you to stop there. We don't want you, we don't want you to stop until you find the heart solution, the love solution, God's solution, which there's nothing wrong with taking Tylenol and Advil when you need to, okay? I don't believe. But that is not the long-term solution spiritually to pain, okay? So don't stop until the spiritual, all right? But the more pain, the more searching. The more searching, the more truth you will find about that particular thing. The more truth you find, the greater the chance of a new belief and inward state. A new belief, as long as it is the truth, causes more love, joy, peace, etc. Because what is love? Uh, the, 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 what I'm told by scholars is that the uh, fruit of the Spirit is not the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, which is how it was in every Bible I ever read. What it really says, I'm told, according to scholars, is the fruit of the Spirit is love expressing itself as joy, peace, etc. So, when you have a new belief that is truth and love-based, it creates more love when you have more love, you have more joy, more peace, better identity and worth, better uh, patience, better everything. Not because you're trying harder, it's automatic. Okay? The more love, the more free from the law you are, and the more free from the law, the more plugged into supernatural law you are. God. Okay? Um... Which means, when you're free from the law, plugged into the supernatural, now you experience more and more happiness, won't be perfect until heaven, and you have chosen life. I've set before you life and death. Choose life. Now, what if you choose law? Okay? I'm presenting you with this. I don't want that. I want the way I've always done it. I don't care what that leads to. I want law. Alright? If you choose the law, then sin increases, guilt increases, pain increases, symptoms increase, symptoms worsen, and the, and the end of that, if it's not interrupted, if you don't ever shift to the high road or, or do any of this, the end result is death. Physically, spiritually, and mentally. And, and the physical may not happen for 50 years, but you can already be dead mentally, emotionally, spiritually, etc. So that's what happens if you choose not to do this and just kind of stay where you are and medicate yourself. Whether that's with television or pornography or alcohol or reading books or whatever. Alright, those are all or they all can be love substitutes. What determines whether they are or not, why you do them. 
If you're doing, if you're taking a drink just to take a drink, hey, I don't have any issue with that. I was, I was brought up believing having any alcohol at all was a mortal sin. Well, I don't know how in the world they ever got away with that because Jesus drank wine his first miracle was wine. They're drinking wine all over the place. I mean, good grief. And the Bible never says don't drink. It says don't get drunk. Okay? So, uh, there's lots of things like that that I believe God put here for us to enjoy. Sex is for us to enjoy, but in a healthy way, God's way. A way that's love-based, not just pain-pleasure-based, all right? Reading is fantastic, but don't use it just as an escape and have to have it because you've got an escape from life because life is so painful, all right? No, change your inward state and it changes your life, okay? Um, all right. Um, now, if you choose the law and death is the end end result, why would you do that? Either because you won't search. You're saying, nope, I'm comfortable where I am. This sounds like a lot of work. Sounds like it could be painful. I'm not doing it. Same reason a lot of men don't ever want to go to counseling and therapy. All right? Plus, they may think it won't do any good. All right, that's some of it too. But some of it is... No, I, I don't talk about those things. And I try to keep all those doors locked. So either you won't search or you won't give up willpower and the end result. It's too dangerous. I might have a result that's painful or a result that takes away a big pleasure for me. I can't risk that. So I have to stay in control. Well, the opposite of control is... Belief and faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please Him. So if you, if you demand willpower and control, you've just eliminated faith and, and true belief in God and Jesus, the Holy Spirit, the Word, the Kingdom, and you're going to be big time here. Okay? So uh, you either won't, won't, you won't give up the end result or you won't accept a new truth. Okay? I, I've shared before a guy I knew who was brought up believing Chevrolet was uh, like God's gift to humanity and Ford was Satan's. <laughs> Almost. Not that bad, but close. And the Consumer Report would come out maybe on a particular year, that said Ford scored really high and had great new uh, trucks and stuff. He was into trucks that um, year, and Chevrolets were terrible. He absolutely would not accept it. I mean, he would go into this huge conspiracy theory thing where everyone was against Chevrolet, and none of those things were true. They just made them up, and Chevrolet was really way better than Ford. And, I mean, and, and all of us are just sitting there listening to him, his friends, thinking, are you insane or, or, or what? Okay? And, and no, he's not insane. He's just not willing to accept any new truth. He's just dug his heels in. I'm a, I believe in Chevrolet. I don't want to hear anything else. La, 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 la. That's the end of it. 
All right. Well, he's he's gonna, you know, a rolling stone gathers no moss. He's gonna gather moss and pain and symptoms, and they're gonna get worse and worse. Um, the source of this attitude, where I'm choosing this anyway, is a belief from fear somewhere in your heart programming. Okay? It may be generational, sins of the fathers, but something in you is causing you to stay here in spite of this. And some of it may be that you don't really believe this will work because you've never found anything that would work, so you've come to the conclusion nothing will work, so I'm just not listening to anything else. Okay? Well, that's a wrong belief in and of itself because we know, we absolutely, see if I can do this again, we absolutely know from studies that it can work and those people aren't even believers. Okay? So they just discovered God's plan without God. Okay? Um, but that's plagiarism, right? Whoever's the author You've got to acknowledge that, or that's a crime. Okay? Well, God is the author of this way. God is the author of life. But it's all about love, so for love to really be real and exist, He has to give us a choice to not. Okay? And that's where this has come from, and over thousands of years of devolution of our memories. All right, so let's go back here. Find the whole truth. So take something you're struggling with. Um, your uh, identity and worth. That's one of the biggest ones. Uh, significance, or you might think of it as insignificance. Where you feel like I'm not good enough. I don't measure up enough. Which is where I was uh, the first several decades of my life, where hope was the first several decades of her life, where almost every believer is that comes into my office, I'm not good enough. All right. Okay. Well, gather the truth on that. So take some paper out and make a spreadsheet. Okay. Everything you have ever done or not done that you would identify from God's law as being a sin either omission or commission, okay? As well as things maybe that aren't a sin, but you should have helped that person or whatever, okay? Make a list of those. Rate them all zero to ten, okay? Ten being the worst. Identify the biggest negative emotion you have related to that and the biggest negative thought you have related to that, which could be... Um, I'm not good enough. And if people were to find out the kind of things I think and have done in secret and private, they wouldn't want to have anything to do with me, maybe even including God. Okay? So write all those down, the emotions, the thoughts, zero to ten, and then find the whole truth. Okay? I believe what I'm telling you in these sessions are truth. And they were truth that I never heard growing up. I didn't start hearing these truths until I was like 28 years old after Hope had already kicked me out of the house and everything in my life was failing. Okay? And 
these things, well, uh, I was taught some of these things, and then some of them I've kind of discovered and learned on my journey with the Lord, okay, that have kind of gone further than that, all right? But um, I was there, all right? So find the whole truth, including including there what I'm telling you, including there what you were brought up being taught, include scriptures relevant to that issue. Go to people that you think are smarter and wiser than you. Ask them their opinion. Share with them what I'm saying and see what their response is to that. Do they agree or disagree? If they agree, why? If they disagree, why? And, and until you feel like you've got the whole or as much data as you can get about your identity, worth, and significance as a person. And then don't come to any conclusions. Ask God to bless it and start praying and meditating over it every day. And and do not be quick to come to a conclusion and don't try to come to a conclusion with your logical left brain mind. Okay? Just every day, take another look at that spreadsheet, pray over it, meditate over it, and ask, Father, please show me the truth about this and bring forth your belief your truth about me, my significance, um, my identity and worth. Am I a good person or bad or whatever? And not just feelings because you can have a, a very strong feeling from your heart that is a total lie, just like my two clients, okay? Uh, the one who was raped. We never even addressed the rape. Okay, you realize that? Uh, The popsicle lady. We never even addressed the deal with her mom. Okay, all we addressed was the untruth they were believing because of those things. Okay, and then their change in how they felt and what they were able to do happened automatically. Not by more willpower, okay, or controlling circumstances better. No, they both said... They were using less willpower and that circumstances, end results were just kind of happening that they had never been able to make happen before. And that's typically the way it works. So uh, try to get the whole truth. You may have to talk to some people, do some research, pray and meditate over it until you have an aha. Until you discover yourself believing something new and different and when you discover yourself believing it there's like a aha there's like a oh i see oh i understand now oh man that's so different from what i've always thought etc okay and uh then just you know Recommit, focus daily, practice it, continue your journey, search for more things until you become free from the law. Okay? Um, And when you become free from the law, you're now free. What does that mean? It means internal peace instead of anxiety, fear. 
It means internal joy instead of sadness, anger, insignificance, insecurity. It means peace of body, peace of mind, peace of spirit. It means joy that's not contingent on circumstances. It means forgiveness. It means grace. It means... Okay. And we were always intended to be free from the law. Remember, the law, the purpose of it by God was so that sin would increase. Jesus was the lamb slain before the foundations of the world to pay my price and to pay yours so that we could live in love, joy, pain, and peace. No, I did not misstate that. Love, joy, pain, and peace. There is no path without pain. The pain on the high road is meaningful and keeps taking us to higher and higher levels of our life, uh, higher and higher levels of important relationships, uh, higher and higher levels in our career and work, better and better health. Typically, sometimes that's not true, but typically, at least better, if not completely well. Um, And you feel free. You will run and not grow weary, walk and not faint, mount on wings of eagles. Why? Because you worked really hard and everything? No. Because you exchanged your strength for God's, your fear for God's love, your lies and wrong beliefs for God's truth. And once that's downloaded, just like on your computer, now you automatically operate differently from how you were. And you will now be one of the 3%, one of the 1%, one of the ones that does change, but it's so rare, one of the ones that does not uh, lie, or at least lie with any consistency, you live in the truth, and honestly, you'll be in the 1%. You'll be on the high, narrow road, not the low, wide road, and you will be experiencing life as you never have before. Okay. Um, I hope that makes sense. I'm going to make a note to myself for next time to... um, cover where you are. Where you are right now overall in your life. Okay? And um, we'll talk about that next week. So, uh, thank you for being patient with me and um, please keep those responses, comments, questions coming And I love you, I'm praying for you, and um, what I want for you is to be in that 1%, on the high road, living life, not having chosen and living death. Have a wonderful, blessed day.